Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me try that one again. Just let me channel my inner southern bumpkin. So you're with your honey and you're making out when the phone rings. You answer it, and the voice is. You tell girl, your girl, and she said, My dad is dead. Then who, who was, was phone? phone? Oh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spoops Podcast, the only podcast on the internet which endeavors to read to you bad creepypastas and bad urban legends just for you because we find humor in the stupidly scary. Or the scarily stupid. Very, very true. Uh, you keep changing the layout of this here soundboard. No, I don't. Really? Because that should be... How do you do that so much better than I do? I can't do it. See, we're just front-loading this sucker so I can just cut it out whole cloth. What? No, stop. Now you're just showing off. That was the sound of me going flatline. Now, Briley, would you like to tell them what drinks we're drinking this week? None. <laughs> uh, wrong. We're drinking the humidity in the air because there's sure done been a heat wave in these parts. Ah, uh, yes, but it's actually starting to get cooler, which I'm very much a fan of. Yeah, yeah, it did get cooler yesterday. It really did. Yeah. Uh, I, by that, I mean today, because I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt like I was yesterday, but I'm not sweating buckets like I was yesterday. So Very fair, very fair. So, uh, first things first, um, I kind of want to take this time, and we've, uh, you know, dedicated some time to different um, people on these channels. That, well, this um, will be here the second time we've ever done such a thing. Second time. But, I mean, like, all throughout, like, we had, like, a lot of Slenderman stories. We had a lot of Jeff the Killer stories. God bless just the Jeff that Killer. Yeah, yep, and Bluttery His Love. Um, mm. So, we're going to talk about um, another, you know, icon. In the creepypasta community here. That's right, because it's time for us to return back to the segment that we have done only once before, which is creepypastas Pastas casually, casually explained. explained. Yes, and so today I'm going to be talking to y'all about the rake. So, the rake for all My of you... My southern accent's wearing off. He <laughs> said y'all. Um, for all of you who don't know, the rake is uh, creepy. That's why he's in a creepypasta, but no. Ah, that's good. Yeah, no, thank I appreciate you. that it that assessment so out of all of the creepy pastas out there in this world you would say he has some umph to the creep yeah yeah like he he is the creepiest of the pasta like it's Whoa. not it's not just it's not just kind of like you know that like mixture sauce with marinara and alfredo no he's like strictly alfredo in the pasta community what so he's like he he amongst them belongs the least in our podcast exactly and the okay. reason for this being is a lot of them are you know stories based on very loosely based on um either quote-unquote real life events or uh, just people taking pictures like you know momo someone took a picture of somebody's hard worked on art piece and was like momo gonna get you hey where this is actually based in Do legend and for folklore do not mock the momo I will mock the Momo until she's on the show. Then I'll give her the credit she's due. Momo, 
God bless her. Momo is a national treasure to be cherished and loved until death do us part. You can't see the dance that Bradley's doing right now, but he's he's doing something that looks like it was taken straight out of the Goonies. No! It's true. So, uh, let's let's hop right into this. So, I got a couple things here that I want to kind of explain to y'all. So, classification, he's technically humanoid. Uh, he just has really long nails on his hands and feet. Um, no hair, really, no nose. Just picture Voldemort running around butt naked, f- but spending like 20 years in the woods before he did that, so... Thank you for that mental image. <laughs> so, very malnourished, very wild... You know, that's what we got. That's you know, what I, we're dealing with. I, I I respect your opinion about Voldemort being <laughs> malnourished, but I always imagined he had a bit of a dad bod. Like, he had a little bit of... He well, had a developing yes, beer belly. Yes, and I agree, but what I'm saying is he just spent the last 10 years in the woods. Okay. He no longer has the beer belly. Right, so this is... Well, he's hiding inside of the Arginian forest after Harry Potter wrecked him the first time when he was a baby and he was wandering around without body and soul attached to the body of a snake. Yes, except this would be if he actually had the body, you know. Oh, okay. Never mind. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, so here we have, we basically have sunken in eyes, we have no nose, we have long uh, fingernails, long toenails, and this thirst for vengeance and blood. And the, Vengeance? Yes. Very key. Vengeance is like one of his main MOs. But he first appeared in folklore back in the 1600s, and this is what gives him a lot of validity. You know, back when storytelling was all people had, um, and like Wendigo reigned supreme, you know, this is when the rake took center stage. So, um... It's believed to be of humanoid appearance, with several references in folklore and horrific urban legends, originally appearing on the internet... Um, with creepy pastas, like that's when you know people really started to pick up and learn more about him and see him referenced in ancient culture, kind of like dragons. Like dragons were like, people got together and went, "Oh, you have a legend about him too." So it was like someone on the internet found a burrito on the ground and brushed it off and continued eating it. The multi generational burrito, still good, it's still delicious, still nutritious. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, so during two th- the summer of 2003 is when, you know, the rake really hit his current day stride. Um, and this is events in northeastern United States involving strange human-like creatures sparked brief local media interest before an apparent blackout was enacted. <gasps> Wait, I, we're in northeastern Pennsylvania. I P- know. USA. <laughs> So, um, the thing was, once this information got blacked out, very little was left intact, as most online rent accounts of the creature were mysteriously destroyed or redacted. So, Gosh, dang it, Obama. So, yes, yeah, something happened. This was okay, 2003. It was Bush. That was Bush. <laughs> Gosh, dang it, Bush. Um, so, then, a little later, this was also um, occurred in New York, okay? So, New York State... 
Um, a little in Idaho, self-proclaimed witnesses told stories of their encounters with a creature of unknown origins. Emotions range from extremely traumatic levels of fright and discomfort to an almost childlike sense of playfulness and curiosity. While their published versions are no longer on record, the memories remain powerful. Several of the involved parties began looking for answers that year. In early 2006, the collaboration had accumulated two dozen documents dating between the 12th and the century and the present day, spanning four continents. In almost all cases, its stories were identical. I've been in contact with a member of this group and was able to get some excerpts from their upcoming book. So you were, yeah, well, you were in contact with these people, huh? I take this podcast very seriously. Or someone was reading a little too heartily from their online article and forgot how to make it sound like they were speaking. Are you sure I'm not? Re- Are you sure I'm not the author of this online article? <laughs> I'm nearly positive. You have only ever used two screen names in your life. Well, this doesn't have a screen name at the bottom. You would know. Anyway, we'll continue. Anyway, so getting in contact with these people, I quickly no, found... No, stop! <laughs> That's just direct plagiarism. That's what that is. Fine. No, you made me get rid of the thing. Crap, okay. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. We're derailed now. Yeah, you derailed me. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Uh, that was Bradley's train of thought. Fair. Okay, so let's try this again. So, uh, according to this person who wrote this article, he'd actually been in contact with a member of this group and was able to get excerpts from their upcoming book. And so I'm going to read a couple of these excerpts. Um, so there was a suicide note in 1964. And what book is this? Um, it's a book about the rake. What's the title of this book? The rake. Who was the author of this book? This group of people who research about the rake. Okay. A suicide note from 1964. As I prepare to take my life, I feel it necessary to assuage any guilt or pain I have introduced through this act. It is not the fault of anyone other than him, for once I awoke and felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, once again I awoke and heard his voice and looked into his eyes, I cannot sleep without fear of what I might awake to experience. I cannot ever wake. Goodbye. Pretty dark stuff there, right? I mean, it's like I really... can't find a copy of this book. Well, that's because you're not looking hard enough. I'm checking on Amazon. Amazon has everything. Are you sure Amazon has everything? Yes. Positive? 98%. Yeah, that's, a, that's not 100, buddy. Hello? Okay, unless, of course, you're talking about The Rake by Mary Jo Putney... That's exactly what I'm talking the about. The second in the Davenport series. Yes, that's you nailed it. You got it right on the money. 
also known as the despair of Davenport. Reginald Davenport lived a reckless, rakish life while waiting for his hated uncle to die and leave Reggie an earldom. Yeah, that that's exactly it. Right there. You, you nailed it. You found it. <laughs> Woo! Are you sure this book isn't fictional? I don't know, man. <laughs> he just says from their upcoming book. He doesn't give me a lot of specifics. I didn't have Which time. Which is suspicious. Suspicious indeed. The rake got to him. Um, another expert excerpt I'm just going to kind of read, um, and then we're going to move on a bit more about the rake, is he came... Oh, this is from a Mariner's Log, by the way. 1961. He came to me in my sleep. 1691, not 1961. He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. So, he's a very unsettling dude. Sure is. Here, here's the thing. Um... He he doesn't always kill, and that's kind of the really interesting thing about the rake. He's very. It's almost like he's protecting something through history, which have led some to theorize he is the creation of the Illuminati. He's the what? He's the creation of the Illuminati to protect the secrets. I suppose if I asked you what secrets, that'd be defeating the point, wouldn't it? Yes. He would not be doing his job. Then we'd have a rake coming through a window. <laughs> I, I would be okay with that on so many different levels. <laughs> um, Except we're not, you know, filming this one, so no proof. Anyway. and Okay, yeah, well. So, uh, that's another thing. Is So, he seems to be protecting something. But he has been known to kill and leave others to tell of what they've seen. So, like, he'll go and he'll kill family members in front of people just to leave them scarred. And, like, so, to spread the word. So, he's not like, you know, some of these creepypastas who don't want their stories to get out. And, like, you know, try to keep themselves hidden. No, he wants people to know that he exists. And also, an uh, interesting statistic I found out while researching about the rake. Around, I think it was, um, yes, 76.3% of all his kills um, are registered as suicides. Where, um, like, th from that suicide note where they can't fall asleep. So they just... So then how do they know it's just not a mental condition? This is a very good point, but um, and I raise this all the time when we talk when people talk about imaginary friends. Isn't it weird that everybody's seeing the same exact thing? Like kids that have imaginary friends, isn't it weird that when you ask them to describe their imaginary friends, nine times out of ten they look very similar? Like what are these? I'm gonna need I'm I'm gonna need your sources for this one. Oh, I I I remember looking this up when my sister was explaining her imaginary friend to me, and like I did a lot of research and I have to find all my stuff on this. But yeah, it's like eight or nine times out of ten, um, descriptions for imaginary friends around the world will actually line up. So it's like, what are these young kids seeing? <laughs> Well, some people would say they're, they're seeing all, an angel, but you know, clearly they're all psychotic. 
and they are having mental breakdowns simultaneously. That is that is the most logical explanation. Are we talking children or the people seeing the rake? Everybody. Everybody's having a mental breakdown. How do you know right so, now, as you're experiencing this podcast, that you're even listening to a podcast? So life is just... I could just be an illusion in your ear. So life is just a mental breakdown? It could be. Your version of reality could be a mental breakdown. Have you ever considered that before? Um, no. Huh? Huh? The dangers arise. So, Please continue on. Well, that's that's basically all I have about the rake. This is a rake kind of casually explained. Uh, humanoid, white, and long nails. Beware. So, kind of like uh, neo-Nazi... Yeah. Yeah. Malnourished. Do we have definitive proof that they are, in fact, the rake is just not a particular species of the neo-Nazi? No, there's no definitive proof, although a lot of people believe that the um, rake is just a female version of a wendigo. Because the wendigo, you know, has the antlers like a male deer. Right. Has antlers, and they're assuming the rakes are the female counterparts. Wendigo, of course, being the ancient native... American tradition of someone who eats human flesh turning into an evil flesh-eating monster. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Based upon your story and this thousands of years of beautiful thought that has been coming along of the rake, I have found us a story that I am beyond excited about. Let's drop into this. It's in Wattpad, so you know it's going to be good. good. And it is a part of the Creepypasta X Reader collection, a.k.a. Uh. The Rake X Reader. It was late, and by late I mean it was the Devil's Hour, as everyone calls it. If you still don't know what time it was, it was 3 a.m., you doofus. Actually, t- I'm go- I'm gonna step out on the lemons. I have never actually known when the devil's hour was. It's three a.m. to mock the Holy Trinity, ya doofus. Oh, okay. I've been having a hard time sleeping with a continuous tapping on my window from the tree that surrounded my cabin in the woods. I had yet to move in with my best friend, so I had to stay in this creepy place. The constant forced noises didn't help with my anxiety. So I kept myself busy with talking to myself. And I don't know why, but I set an alarm for like 6 a.m. Which is like, I'm gonna get up for it. My rambling was cut off by scratching. But not just any scratching, scratching at my back door. I sat up, listening intently to the faint sound. Probably just my cat. (laughs) I don't have a cat. I mumbled, carefully removing the many blankets which were around me. I placed my feet on the cold floor and stood up, walking towards the closet. Taking up my handgun and a hoodie, I slipped the hoodie on. Making my way to my landing, the scratching continued at my back door. I didn't bother turning the lights on. I could see quite clearly in the dark. I made my way to the kitchen, the scratching now louder. I was so tired, so without really thinking, I unlocked the door and swung the door open, pointing my gun straight at some short thing. It visibly froze. I looked down at it with an expressionless face. 
an expressionless face. I was freaking the out. On the inside, ready to have a meltdown, it backed up a bit, and I stepped back too. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but you're the scariest thing I've ever seen. I say, and it tilts its head. You probably just hungry. I could find you something to eat. I say, it growled, before nodding. Well, this Satan spawn understands me. Retreating into the kitchen, I shuffle through my fridge, pulling some raw steak that I hadn't bothered to cook. Returning to the backyard, I opened the package and threw some of the meat at the creature. It caught it in its mouth and literally devoured it whole, like one gulp and it was gone. Me, you must have been hungry. I mumbled, throwing it the other piece, after it seemed satisfied. It made a sort of happy sound before retreating over the fence and into the forest. I huffed before returning to my house, still very frightened. I made my way back upstairs after locking my door. I picked up my phone, dialing my best friend. After a few minutes of ringing, she picked up. You better have a good reason to interrupt me during work. Maurice, you're not gonna believe this. Time skip. No one's POV. It's been a week since the visit from what you know as the Rake. You've been receiving little gifts on your back porch, like little flowers, pebbles, sticks. You find it sweet that something as weird and dangerous as the Rake has been gifting you these things. How you know? You watched your backyard one night and watched as it jumped over the fence and lay a flower on your porch before scurrying back into the forest. One night, you sat on your porch waiting for the creature, a pack of state next to you, as you played with your phone. The familiar sound of scratching occurred, and the same pale, skinny creature pulled itself over the fence. It jumped down before noticing you and freezing. You smile before waving. I knew you'd be here sooner or later. You chuckled and waved it over. It stalked closer before resting about five feet away. You reached for the stake and unwrap it. I appreciate the little gifts you've been giving me. It's cute, you say, gently, as to not provoke it. Finally, tearing through the wrapping, you place the stake in front of it. It placed a flower down near you before it started munching on the stake. After finishing it, it peered at you curiously. Raising the blanket around you, you patted the spot next to you. It huffed, but trudged over and sat next to you. You wrap the blanket around both of you before you turn on some YouTube videos. Bonus. How the do you always do like this? Noctis mumbles, watching as the rake cuddles up to me. I moved in with Noctis, and she, thankfully, allowed the rake to stay over. I don't know, man. I offered him some steak, and then he took a liking to me. <laughs> I, I, I left playing some SSB4 online. What? Super Smash Brothers 4? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Before playing Super Smash Brothers 4 online. Yeah, but it's always you, isn't it? When will you find some creepypasta to love me? She grumbled, moping around the office chair as she had. 
Didn't you meet the radio face dude? He's a creepy pasta. I ask, and she chokes on her spit and stares wide-eyed at me. Off. No, I'm serious. Go ask him about it. I laughed, and she sprints out the door, leaving the house. Can you believe her? I sigh, and the rake looks up at me, tongue sticking out. I'm angry. I blink, staring in shock before screaming, Oh my god, you said your first words to me and they were, I'm hungry, I'm so proud, what the f I shriek, engulfing him in a hug and crying. He sighs before hugging me back. Alright, you want food? Let's go get your food, Babs. away that's the opposite direction we need to come over here and talk about this you can't just walk away from me bradley where's water i need water it's in the sink by the time bradley comes back i'll have forgotten any talking points about this whole thing okay let me hear him no it's okay i'm gone i've lost them all why didn't the rake do anything he did he ate a lot of stuff steak he ate a lot of steak he sure did which, if someone was feeding me raw steak, you better bet me I would scramble over a fence to give her flowers. Moving on. Yeah, I'm just saying. If a woman was to approach me with steak, I, I would be appreciative. Are you saying you wouldn't be appreciative if a woman approached you with steak? Not if she expected me to eat it raw. Well, he's sure... Doesn't have the best, most civilized practices, but you know, a little bit of a little bit of cooking. She gives me the raw steak. I pretend to eat it. I take it over to a to a grill and I cook it up, and it's delicious. That sounds like a relationship built on a lie. Well, I don't know. It's a relationship built on steak, first and foremost. I mean, haven't you always wanted to fall in love with a person who accepts you for who you are, a naked, scrambling wild man? Ow. <laughs> Can I also... Face was not necessary. Stop. The face... No, no, I'm not... I'm not looking. All right, so also... Uh, can we also just point out the fact that she was stoically okay with the whole process yeah yeah she sees it standing there she sees the rake and she's not like bam 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 shoot 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 pew 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 she's like uh oh you're 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 a hungry you're a cuddle boy you're a you're a hungry cuddle boy let me spoon you and watch youtube videos together nerd yeah, whatever. It sounds like a good date to me. Moving on. Also, can I just point out that uh, we are going to have to dip back into this reader x creepypasta. I don't know. Because, it freaks me out, man. Because this is clearly an ongoing saga that she has been writing. And we just came opened, 
we opened the door in the middle of it. It was very rude of us. Very rude indeed. And we need to explore that whole thing because it sounds beautiful. So many poor, forgotten, lonely souls need to... Anyway, moving on to Alien versus the Rake. You have problems. <laughs> You're like a... S- okay. <laughs> well, and the reason I picked this one, because we were A, going over our friend the Rake today, and B, uh, we've discovered that... I've discovered that people online have a fascination of putting uh, evil monsters against each other to see who would win. However, this story in particular strikes me... A- as the story, I don't know if it can count as a story. We'll talk about it more on the other side, obviously. But why don't you go ahead and read Alien versus the Rake? A fight. Let me get my announcer voice. <clears throat> Let's get ready to rumble. A fight between two of the scariest fictional creatures, an alien or xenomorph against the Rake. Let's see who would win in a fight. The alien spots the rake in the woods. Both of them are ready to kill anything. The alien does the first move and tries to impale the rake with his bladed tail. The rake dodges the attack and jumps on the alien's back, making it topple over. The alien then tries to impale him again, but the rake serves the ladder fourth of the tail severs the latter fourth of the tail the alien <laughs> then rolls over making the rake lose his grasp and proceeds to claw at his face with his right hand <clears throat> the rake angered then severs the arm of the alien to the elbow the acidic blood then goes on to the rake and severely burns him the alien then shelves its tail onto the rake causing even more borns the rake then cuts another fourth or third of the tail and crawls away but the alien climbs into a tree and makes a shower of acid from his wounds onto the rake the rake responds by leaping into the tree and almost cutting off the alien's head the alien continues to shove its wound on the rake and now his skeleton is visible the alien then finishes his own mouth by punching him into his heart with a powerful tongue killing the rake so have you ever read a horror story written by an algorithm before no because <laughs> i swear that's what that is the author is like so factual about everything he's like well yeah this would be the most obvious outcome uh this would be the yeah, most it's kinda obvious like the, outcome it's kind of like death battle Yes, that's exactly what it's like. And it's like that stupid show, Death Battle. They're just making all of these assumptions about how the thing would go. And it's like, I love how the alien superpower, the reason that it can beat the rake, is its acidic blood. It causes a rain of acid from its wounds, which sounds so much like a chorus of a grunge band single. True. You made a rain of acid from your wounds. It burned me all the way right through. I like how I was going with more of a country ballad there. Bum 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 bum. 
I feel like it would be more like was the melody you just used. I just want you to know that. Okay. Uh, hang on. It would be probably be something more like, You caused a great acid from your wounds. You sprayed it on all those who wanted to woo. Baby, 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 you made me feel so mad. Because all I wanted to do was make you so glad. Yeah. Yeah. So what's my career prospects for a screamo band? Bradley just removed his headphones and is now staring at me as if he wanted to say something, but now the microphone's recording does not want evidence of it. Never go on America's Got Talent. (laughs) Savage! All right, fine, fine. We'll just switch the topic. Which is... Well, you gotta give a little. Gotta give a a little little to take a little. I found this uh, creepypasta story, and I love it a lot, and here's part of the reason that I love it so much. I've been watching LPs for the Welcome to the Game and Welcome to the Game 2, which are all about how you're trying to track down evil people on the deep deep net, dark net. All you're trying to find all sorts of evil people in the dark net, and how the dark net's so spooky. So here's our first ever for our podcast a dark net story indeed give a little take a little do you have something you want something you wish for but simply can't find or are too embarrassed to go out and get or something that's simply illegal to acquire in your country there's a website titled give a little take a little Located somewhere within the depths of the internet that you can find, friend. But there is no easy accessible link to it. You must find it on your own. It's well worth it, though. Most of who have visited say they found it on what is called the dark web, an unindexed part of the internet. But there have been reports of finding it on a popular website or forums. You're going to have to know of its existence. Then you must make an active search. No finding it by chance. The link can usually be found on websites dealing with buying or selling. So auction websites, warehouse sites such as Amazon.com, but better chances come from lesser known sites such as corporations usually delete the link when when it surfaces. And even product review websites. The link will most likely be located in the comment sections under an anonymous poster or hidden within the website's interface, archives, or just in the fine print. You will know the link when you found it. Click on it, and it will probably redirect you through a few other websites first. The website itself varies in appearance. Some have described it as nearly blank, bare-bones website. Say it was more decorated and stylized, with pictures usually revolving around bartering and trade. One individual described it as all the letters written through JPEGs of letters as though it was written as a ransom note. Though every single report shares the same basic functions, a title reading, give a little, take a little, two text boxes, one blank, one titled specifications, an address zip code form, and a submit button. Now, once you arrive, you may place the name of any item that you desire in the text box. There are some restrictions, though. The item must be able to fit on your property. 
It can fit on your front porch, lawn, mailbox, or even in your living room. The item must exist. It cannot be a cure for cancer or a philosopher's stone. The item cannot be living. The item must be reasonable to transport and deliver. No asking for a piece of the sun. A good rule of thumb is that if it's not deliverable via van or towing surface, it's not available for delivery. The item must not be unique. You cannot ask for the original Mona Lisa. And the item cannot cause major disturbances. You cannot ask for the entirety for the contents of Fort Knox. TLDR. Don't ask for stupid So you know your parameters. Enter your item and the address of delivery. Put any specifications about your delivery or about the item in the specifications box. Once you're done, press submit. Then exit the website. Then simply wait a few business days. Make sure you leave your door unlocked if you asked for it to be delivered into your home, or the gates unlocked if you wanted it on your lawn. The item you requested will arrive as long as you didn't ask for something that's not allowed by the above rules or made it impossible to deliver. But don't be surprised if something else goes missing, especially if it was of equal value as the thing that you got. It could be a few dollars from your wallet, some jewelry, even more expensive things like computers, TVs, or in extreme cases, a car. It might take longer to happen if you ordered it to a P.O. box. Don't try and stop it, and don't think it won't happen. You want it in your address, remember? After all, it's give a little, take a little, right? No! So Bradley, here's my question. What's the spooky part? Uh, for me, the spookiest part about all this is, um, well, like, there's this new thing um, for Amazon Prime members that they're testing out somewhere where um, it's like partnering, Amazon's partnering with Ring or something like that, where the Amazon delivery person goes up and has a, like, card that they scan and are able to enter your house to put the package in your house. That's the creepiest part of, for me. It's so, like the deli- me just kind of going, yeah, put it in my house. And then knowing that they'll take something else. I don't care. You, I don't have a, anything of value will be on my person. Because mm, touche. Do you know what's in my car? It's it's got my switch. It's got my laptop. That's all the things that I need to make my life work. The only things that you love. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So. And if I'm not there to receive the package, then um, they can't take my car either because my car's with me. So what are they taking other than crappy silverware? I don't know. I have a collection of comic books that I haven't looked at before. They could take that. No, see, the real thing that I find disturbing about this whole thing is how somebody thinks that it's scary to have random items taken away. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, I really need a car. And then it's like, yes, but someone will take away something of equal value. And you're like, that's just a barter system. But at the same time, I guess it's creepy because it's not specified before the delivery what they're taking. They show up and they take it so they could show up and be like, your wife's life is of equal value for this um, Toyota Corolla 1999. He said in extreme cases, a car. A car. That's it. That's the most that's ever been taken away from this dark website. Fair. So, it's just like, 
boy, I really need a car. And then they take away your old car and your TV. And you're like, oh, no. It was so spooky. It was a barter system that I didn't get to participate in. What I love is... Um, but I, you didn't go into debt for that new item, did you? I love the the item cannot cause major disturbances. You cannot ask for the entirety of the contents of Fort Knox. So you can ask for, for some. Part. Yeah. For yeah, yeah. some. But then again, you have to ask yourself, if you're asking for bars of gold... They'll take your car. They'll take a lot of stuff, I feel like. No, because the worst they've taken is a car. It's true, but was some dumb nuts was like, uh, how about $9 million? They're like, I guess we'll just take everything you own. <laughs> you just, you'll be at work one day and then someone will have a package of cash for you and then they'll be like, don't go back home or anything. And we It'd took your like, car. Yeah, your house is ours now. Yeah, your house is ours now and literally everything inside of it, so... But my wife was in there. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the dark night. It's a creepy place. I'm sorry. That was my phone, and it was buzzing like a buzz. <laughs> yeah, so overall, not creepy. See, and not even spoops adjacent. See, what I appreciate about this website is that the website that we pulled this from, the story from, it's called Crappy Pasta wiki as compared to the bad creepy pasta wiki uh and the crappy pasta wiki categorizes it and this one they categorized by undercooked pasta and i was thinking that's exactly what's wrong with this story yeah it's not very well thought out but it's very well written it's very well articulated you get involved and sucked into the storyline yeah, you know what's happening yeah but nothing scary nothing scary if they had just gone through it and been like, they up the stake, so you ask for more erythral things, like ask for the removal of a tumor, but they'll take something of equal value to your life. That, that would have been a more creepy premise. Very. Because now you don't know, but it's like, oh, in the worst case, they'll just take your car. And it's like, well, darn. Gosh, darn. I guess I'll just ask for, I don't know, you can probably get $50 million inside of a van. And sure, you can take literally everything I own. I can buy it all back with $50 million. Hashtag hack the system. Well, plugging on, we're going to... <laughs> We're going to go to our next story, and that story is the madness of... Is that Joanne? Uh, yes. Joanne! Okay. The madness of Joanne... No, that's just Joan. That's just Joan. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. Hey, what time are we at on our recording before I get to... Let me check. 50 minutes. So this is our last story. We'll make this a good one. We're going to close up with the madness of Joan Blake. Joan Blake lay fast asleep in her bed. The dust from the early sunset floated around the room, being penetrated through the scarlet curtains. Boy, if there was ever a series of words that made me uncomfortable, penetrated through is one of them. Yeah, I agree. She awoke at 6.20 a.m., rolled out of bed, and pulled the curtains open. 
sun rested above the houses on the street opposite. Jones seized the opportunity for a photo. She threw on some clothes, walked down the stairs, grabbed her disposable camera from the table at the bottom of the stairs, and walked out the front door. That's so loud. Sorry. Her house being at the beginning of the road, she was in the perfect position to get a good snap at the sunrise. Looking through the lens, she saw the empty pavement, the houses on the opposite street, and the gorgeous sunset. With no one around, she took the pictures with no interruption. Walking back into her house, she fed her dog, dusted the mantelpiece, and decided to get the photos developed. With still nobody around, she put a coat on and left for the local printing shop. Walking home, she held the envelope with the photos in her hand, wanting to know how they had turned out. Greeted by her dog at the front door, she walked over to the table and grabbed her gold letter opener. She lifted out the photos and looked at them in horror. The picture was a photo that she had taken. The picture was a photo that she had taken. The sunrise, however, at the end of the road, where there should have been nothing like there was when the picture had been taken, Joan Blake saw herself. She saw herself standing at the end of the road with gnarled arms and hands and an eerie artificial smile. She stared at the picture the same with utter terror, not knowing what to do. She looked at the other pictures. They were the same, the same sinister smile and arms that every small child makes when they want to scare someone, arched just below the shoulder length with gnarled bent fingers. Joan Blake, perplexed, walked upstairs, went to bed, and never woke up. A peaceful end to a life tinged with murderous rage. Yeah, that's pretty weird, right? Yeah. Right, so when I read that story for the first time, I was like, Donde está? But I've been thinking about it. And first things first, we can learn several things about Joan Blake. What's the first one? She She killed everyone on her block. (laughs) I guess, maybe? No, I was going to say, the first things first, she needs to learn how to do an authentic smile. You're going to have a creepy smile. That just means that you're not letting your smile reach your eyes. You need to let the smile reach your eyes and then let them warm up your eyes. You know, otherwise it's going to come across as a fake artificial smile. Her second problem, uh, she needs to go and talk to her uh, twin more often. And she needs to get her twin to the emergency room before the twin comes and murders her in her sleep, I guess. It's either a twin or her body is gnarled for all of the kills that she has taken over her lifetime. The visible signs of her rage, the gnarled bent hands bent in a symbol of her violence. A strong testimony to her sins 
that she sees exhibited haunting her as judgment before she goes to bed. Except for the fact that she didn't understand any of that and she was just perplexed. She was like, whoa, that's a weird picture of me at the end of the block. Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to go to bed now. So do you know what I was, I'm thinking? What? I'm thinking that that's death coming for her. That's death. Death makes the appearance of a person. So death needs to learn how to smile? Yes. I mean, I don't know. Taking people's souls after a while, I guess, would be very draining, and you yeah, wouldn't want to smile. It's true. It's just like, hi, yeah, no, it's me. I'm death. You're going to get this developed. You're going to see me be there, but you're going to wait two to three business days. <laughs> and possibly have your car stolen. <laughs> yeah. You're going to wait two to three business days and possibly no. get your car stolen. No, no, because she gets it developed same day. This is all same day. Oh, same day, same yeah, day. same day development. You would think death would just want to get it over with. What's with this whole long procedure? Well, I think death wasn't scheduled to come till that night, but he was casing, she was casing the joint. And so, like... And picture, he was casing the joint. Yeah, I don't know, girl, female, uh, male, boy, whatever. Um, just standing at the end of the road. Um, But, so... Joan goes out, takes a picture, and Death's just kind of like, well, crap, now she's going to see me. But, like, he's mandated to keep a certain schedule, so he can't kill out of order. Right, he sees her, and he's like, oh, shoot, quick, put on my camouflage. Her, except injured. Yes. Okay. There's only one problem with your theory. What's that? Sunset. What about... The whole thing takes place where she wakes up in bed. In the morning. The dust floated from the early sunset around her room, being penetrated through the scarlet curtains. She woke up. At 6.20 a.m. No, hang on. It says sunset twice. It's definitely sunset. I don't know what it is. But they it's got clearly sunset. Wrong. Okay, so six twenty a.m. That's weird. Her clock must be wrong. But it says sunset twice. I think they mean sunrise. Well, if they meant sunrise, they would have written sunrise. If they meant six twenty p.m., they would have written six twenty p.m. And plus, who's ever heard of a uh, sunset happening at 6.20 p.m.? But also, I'm just throwing it out there. That's what they wrote down. Okay? She got out her disposable camera, one out. But she's pulling the curtains open, which means she's starting the day. Or she was taking a midnight siesta, a midday siesta. She was like, nope, that's it. I came back home early from work. I got home at 2 instead of 3, and I'm just going to go back to bed. Wakes up at 5 at 6.20. It's like, wow, what a beautiful sunset. Goes out, takes a picture. I think it's sunrise. (laughs) Probably it is, yes. But that's not funny, so I'm making my stance here. (laughs) This is the hill you die on. This is the hill I die on. Either that or it's a weird alternate universe where, no, it's not an alternate universe. It's one of those places where the sun never sets, but in this case, it just sets very late. Gotcha. So it's a sunset at 6.20 a.m. So it's a sun setting from the day prior. Yes. Long night. Very long day. The sun's just going to dip down for a couple minutes, get a power nap, and then come back up makes sense makes sense it's the only reasonable explanation of the verbal clues 
That means, I guess you're still right, Bradley. Same day, photo development. I well, cause like it says that um, so she left for the local print shop and then she's walking home with the envelope. So like not unless she camped out at the local print shop. Yeah, she just took a nap there. She's clearly a narcoleptic. Maybe, maybe that's people, why she's so deformed. Maybe people are just have a really hard time getting sleep when the sun doesn't set until six twenty a.m. It messes fair. up their sleep schedule. Very fair. And then she pops over to the photo development place. She gets her photos developed. The photo development people are looking at the picture and they're like, whoa, edgy. Well, you know what I think? No, they don't question her. They don't go, whoa, what's this? So maybe she is gnarled. Maybe she is gnarled. And she was astrally projecting herself. Well, yeah, and, like, they don't know she took the pictures. Maybe they're like, oh, wasn't that nice? Her husband took pictures of the sunset with her standing at the end of the pavement. Though she really needs to learn how to smile. Yes. I mean, to go with your theory that this was death making a visage to her, she did die peacefully in her sleep. It's not like her arms got gnarled. True. While she was sleeping or something like that. True. I, ju- I just or really want to know what the gnarled this arms rage was. Or maybe the gnarled arms were when the dog was being hung was hungry and not being fed. The dog was gnawing on her dead arm. There you go. Because <laughs> apparently nobody else lives around her. So. Right. Clearly nobody else. So it took a couple of days. Her workplace sent the police over, and then they were like, "Oh, no, no, no. it was probably the photo lab people." Mm, the photo lab people. They were like, oh, where's that woman who always takes two or three pictures with her disposable camera and brings it in? Also, two scary points about this whole thing. No one explains the murderous rage thing. I would have enjoyed some more fleshing out of that. Yes. Definitely undercooked. The other thing. Who uses this as disposable camera? Not going to lie. Sometimes, um, not disposable, but like film photography, you get such a more raw image than when you use DSLR. You sound like such a pretentious artist when you say that. What do you mean more raw? It's it's more it's less mirrors, less digital more just there in the moment. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) When you said that the only thing that popped inside of my head was just seeing someone running at someone with like an etcher sketch and just like (laughs) slamming it into their face. And getting that, like, embedded in the edge sketch. <laughs> Look, you're even in this. Like, literally, your DNA and blood. It's in this. Oh, man. Just wander around and see a person wandering around with, like, a giant clay sheet. And he's like, oh, that would be a great photo. And just, like, runs at someone and, like, slaps them in it. And waits until it develops. I like this alternate universe. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening to The Spoops, Episode 9. Uh, we are almost at it. Our, we are almost at the big hump. Yeah, really. Um, we're in the works um, on getting a website, and our YouTube channel is... Oh, boy. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I always enjoy your weekly promise of our YouTube channel. Our bi-weekly promise of a YouTube channel. Uh, anyway, if you have anything that you want to email to us, just go ahead and send it to spoops at 
T-W-I-L-I-T dot I-O. So spoops at twilight dot I-O. And there you can send us any kind of stories that you want us to read because please, for the love of Pete, I spend too much time looking for these stories. I need help. You can help me. That's right, you. Stop picking your belly button fluff and send me your good stories. And on top of that, you know, we just really want to um, get to know our fan base. So feel free to shoot us an email um, and just thank you for listening in with us. My name is Bradley. This here is Josh. And this has been uh, the, the Spoops Podcast. Uh, this is... Are we trying to go with a more formal ending now? We're like, yes, this is Bradley and this is Josh. And you've been listening to the Spoops Podcast. Tune in next time, Dean. When we ask, who Who was phone? phone? Yikes. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that. I don't know. It's worth a look.